This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse, just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. An Odyssey Station, The Labor Show, with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show, with J. Doc and Krause. All right, ladies and gentlemen from around the Delaware Valley, welcome to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. On Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, uh, we've got a fantastic show for everybody here today. Uh, I, I've got a, 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 a brand new co-host uh, who's been on the show, no stranger to the show, uh, many times. Sam Pond, how are you, sir? I'm well, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on this side of the uh, the aisle here with us. Um, certainly, uh, and, and in fact, we're fortunate enough to have our two biggest sponsors uh, in the house. So uh, we want to thank you on behalf of Krause. want to thank Pond Hockey and, of course, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19 for really helping us make the show happen. If it wasn't for everybody at this table, we wouldn't have a show. So I uh, want to thank everybody, of course. Uh, I want to introduce uh, into the broadcast uh, business manager of Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Gary Messina. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me here tonight. It's fantastic to have you, uh, Gary. Loved uh, the last show we had was uh, a fantastic show, and we have your uh, your, your partner, Brian Bush, Assistant Business Manager, Financial Secretary, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. Brian, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to be uh, good to be on. It's Thank great you. to have. It's great to have you. Uh, certainly, uh, lots to talk about. Uh, last time, well, first of all, let's remind the Delaware Valley. Uh, Sam, you and I talk about uh, organized labor and 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 um, you know those individuals when you look at. Um, the skyline of the city of Philadelphia um, and the individuals that are doing, you know, the heavy labor and making it all happen. Um, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19 is one of those unions. Um, you know, they do a great job and a part of the building trade, was, which is such a big fabric, a part of the fabric of the city. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I always say, and I don't know why I'm, um, you, you just were asking this question. It just popped in my head about looking at, I was thinking about a table this is the kind of way I think, believe it or not. I've got nothing else to do with my thoughts. <laughs> I was thinking about being at an event and at, looking at a table about the business managers and the business leaders of organized labor, especially from the building trades in Philadelphia. And when you really think about the leadership and the quality of the leadership, these guys, could, these guys and gals could be running Fortune 500 multinational corporations. They do that good of a job in regard to uh, their leadership, their management, how they, they, they conduct their locals for business purposes, how they're involved politically. Um, and then they go out and, and have apprentice programs that train their members to do the job right. Um, and they build buildings and they, do the, the, they build those buildings the right way. 
um, so that we're all safe and that we have a beautiful skyline and we have a vibrant region. And a lot of that has to come, a lot of that comes from the building trades. And Local 19, as you said, is one of the main sponsors of this show. And I think it's important that we continue to have this show and have people listen and do what we can to get the message out about organized labor as best we can in regard to the sanctity of a collective bargaining agreement and what that means in regard to providing real jobs with real wages, with real benefits, with real hope, with a real future in regard to our working men and women in Philadelphia and in the region. And it's so important. And it's overlooked. And I, I often ask people about what they, do they understand the, the, the power of a collective bargaining agreement, including to my staff. You know, I got out of my car today and walking into our building at 20th and Market, and there were four guys on a break sitting there and having a cup of coffee. Um, and I knew they were on their break. They started at 7 a.m. And, and I looked at them. And I said, I always say that. I said, so, you know, what local are you with? They were 332, and they were laborers. And I had a chat with all four of them. And that was the first union at 17 in 1975 that I got into. I wanted to be an operating engineer. But I thanked them for their work. And they asked me what I did. I didn't tell them my name. But, you know, those those folks are having a, a real life, a real middle class, the foundation of our middle class, which is the foundation of our democracy. Uh, and the last bastion of that is really local 19 and the building trades and organized labor. Absolutely. And, and um, no bigger representatives to, 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 to those words uh, than Gary Messino. Uh, Gary, uh, if you would just tell our listeners a little bit about you know who you represent, your members uh, be- that comprise uh, the diversity of Local 19. Well, we represent we Local 19 is very diverse. We cover a lot of areas. We cover the uh, state of New Jersey, the state of Pennsylvania up to Altoona, and the whole state of Delaware. And you know we we do so much. So we're so diverse in what we do. We do heating and air conditioning is our is our a lot of our work, we do a lot of architectural metal work. We do kitchen equipment. We fabricate and install. We're one of the few trades that will fabricate. We fabricate everything from raw metal and install. We don't buy anything off a shelf. We manufacture it here locally. We have a couple hundred shops that make it. And we have thousands of men out there putting it in every day. But we're so diverse. I mean, it, you know, as far as the, our intake program, we're probably... Second to the laborers as being the most diverse labor uh, labor union in the city of Philadelphia right now. So it's interesting because, and, and, and I'll segue to Brian Bush, um, one of the things I love about Local 19 is, um, you know, we talk about, like Sam mentioned, the, the apprentice programs. And I've had the, the, uh, the opportunity to put your, the heads of your apprentice programs on, on the radio shows and um, the outreach is off the charts. I mean, uh, almost like... Uh, you know, no other. Um, talk about that and, and the importance of of the apprentice programs. Like Sam mentioned, that's the, you know, that's what it, it really comprises the quality of what we do, and we pay for it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the uh, one of the outreaches, the outreaching programs we use is actually one of our retired members, uh, Reverend Bobby Paul. Uh, he he has a, a church out of uh, West Philadelphia. Um, he. Um, <laughs> you do that to me all the time. <laughs> By the way, we're going to have fun on this show, Sam. This is not an... 
right. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. No, no, come on. We're having, we're having fun. We'll let it roll, man. We're having fun. Now, he, he goes out almost, you know, every other day to different job fairs, school fairs, uh, you know, whatever whatever events he can. Sets up the tables, uh, you know, shows the different students uh, what we do, you know. And, and it got to the point where we got to, you know, we got involved as well. When I say we... It was, uh, you know, local 19 officials uh, going out to these different job fairs and school fairs and stuff like that because, you know, I hate to say it, some of these uh, individuals didn't know what path to take. Sure. Um, we looked at it as like, like an organizing effort, you know. So we went to the different schools uh, throughout the city of Philadelphia, also, you know, outlying counties, New Jersey, Delaware, just to introduce our program. And make sure that these students, you know, know what's out there for them, uh, the different programs that, that are available for them so they could sign up, take the test, and, you know, come in to the apprenticeship. You, you, you have a uh, the apprentice program, the education you, you get, uh, is, it's almost, I mean, is it, I mean, college accredited? I mean, you, you know, you your program, uh, you know, after, is it four years? Four years, you get your bachelor's degree, correct? Associates, associates degree. degree. Yes. After after four years getting associates degree, you could take them points or them credits anywhere to any university, and continue on. Yeah, I mean, and and we pay for that ourselves out of our work assessments. Correct. There's no yes. cost to the apprentice for the training. Every member uh, donates twenty five cent or fifty cent an hour into the apprenticeship fund, which pays for all the training for the apprentices. And and so having said that. Um, the opportunity, and, and I, it's our biggest strength, and, and, and you talk about um, non-union out there, and one of the things that we have that any any um, project owner can depend on is the fact that there's a whole, uh, you know, there's a whole union worth of men if one individual gets sick, or, you know, or, or, or unfortunately gets hurt and ends up in Sam's office, um, you're, 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 you're qualified um, they can call the union hall and get somebody, even if it's a foreman. Well, we couldn't even get into that because of the whole pandemic. I mean, when everything shut down, there were certain individuals that couldn't go to work. Couldn't go to work because they had people at home that they, you know, were worried about, you know, bringing the virus home. So we were able to fill those positions with people that were on the out-of-work list. You know, so it's good to always have that pool of workers. You mentioned the, the pandemic, and we're coming out of it right now, Sam. Uh, you, you would... Uh uh, you you had had a program from day one uh, in, in regards to educating workers, but um, talk about the building trades, guys, about uh, how it's been a national model, even for OSHA. Um, you know, we've done such a great job with our leadership here at, at keeping our members safe, shutting things down at the beginning. Talk about that, guy. Well, I'll tell you, in the beginning, you know, we woke up one morning, we had 90% of our members were unemployed, 90% overnight. And the first few weeks were very un, were un, were very undetermined, but the Philadelphia Building Trades as well got together and formulated a plan, and we were able to keep thousands of our men working every day, as well as throughout the building trades in the city of Philadelphia. There had to be forty to 50,000 construction workers working every day, day in and day out, working safe, socially, socially distancing, wearing the masks. We had, we had to add sanitation stations and stuff like that. But all in all, going through this event, we worked 
and were able to do. Uh, this unit itself did three million hours during the pandemic, and that's a lot of man hours. And if you would have told me that the first day, I would have told you you were crazy. But the, collectively, with the building trades, the general contractors, and the customers, we worked. We got through it. Brian, we got a, about thirty seconds to the break. But talk about communications with the members uh, during that, especially at the beginning, very nerve wracking time for a lot that of people. That was very, very nerve wracking. Uh, but we we pulled it off, you know. When when we first got the news that these job sites were being shut down, everything was being shut down. Gary called an emergency meeting with all the business agents and organizers. We all came in. We got in touch with all of our site stewards and shop stewards, and you know we made lists of everybody that was being affected. We were putting word word out through text and email, you know, to all the membership, just letting them know. You know, because we have a supplemental unemployment benefit through the hall. Whoever's being affected, give us the names. We were getting lists and lists of names every single day. And it was changing every single day. And we were just, you know, we kept putting communications out on Facebook, you know, through text messaging, through, you know, emails. It was a constant, it was a daily you know, tasks that we had to especially, pull off. Especially it since really, never, never in our lifetime did we ever think that this would ever happen. Oh, it was, uh, it was really insane. It we're really going to pay some bills. We're going to have more from the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of the Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. Today's program has been pre-recorded. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause. Uh, this is Jay Dock in the driver's seat tonight for uh, Joe Krause. Uh, awesome show, fantastic. Uh, co-hosting uh, is, is Sam Pond, and of course, uh, we have the leadership of Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. Uh, here in the studio, uh, Gary Messina, business manager, and Brian Bush, assistant business manager, and uh, lots to talk about. Uh, let's let's. Last time we were we we, we uh, did the show, guys, uh, we were at at, at the, the the doorstep of a, an election, a presidential election. And Gary, I remember what you had said to me. Um, you know, we, we have to make this happen because you know labor is in trouble, and of course, America. There was all kinds of things going on. You you particularly were really passionate. Let's talk about now uh, the new administration and the impact it's had uh, on labor so far. Gary, well, we are start. We're starting to see. Yeah, I like this PRO Act. This PRO Act's a big deal here. It's got a lot of different things in it. Uh, one of it is doing away with right to work. Uh, I think that's a really heavy lift, but there's some real things in there that can get done. I think that this administration is got to clean up a lot of the messes from the last one. This this, this NLR, the National Labor Relations Board, we need to get some better people in there. And I think that the, I think it's going to take time. It's only been 100 days, but I do see a lot of positive things happening for labor in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So Marty, I, Marty Walsh being in there, Secretary of Labor, is a big deal. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. And, and it's hard to measure it all, Joe, but we're definitely going on a, on a, in a better, on a better path than we were. Where we're going to end up, what, what, that, well, we'll see. Brian? Uh, just, uh, you know, go off of what Gary was saying, but having Marty Walsh in there is a great guy. You know, he came from labor. Uh, you know, what, what better person could you have in there with the NLRB? And before, you know, when Trump was in office, there was 
probably at least 40 different changes that came, you know, came through the NLRB, and every single one of them hurt organized labor or the process to organize. And, you know, like Gary said, there's a lot of different changes that need to come back, you know, because it's still, you know, any, anyone that's ever tried to organize a company, it's, it's not easy. It's never easy. Well, you, know, you, got you, so have to, you have to earn, you know, the individual's trust. But let's look at what happened in Alabama, okay? That's the big thing that would would happen with Amazon, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally, the PRO Act is is so important because they did everything in their power to intimidate these people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the working conditions. And as labor leaders, and Sam, you know, you're passionate about this, and we've talked about the need for collective bargaining. You've said it a million times, but let's... These, these guys have to keep up with the robots. If you go to the bathroom, if you go to the bathroom on the first floor and it's closed, you go to the second on, on the second floor, you get docked. If you, you can go to bed at night and they can change your schedule on the app while you're sleeping. So you don't you have to be in at nine. Now you got to be in at seven. The, wow. the, 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 and the intimidation factor and all mm-hmm. those things are the exact things, like Gary, you mentioned the <clears throat> PRO Act. Those are the things that the PRO Act is going to clean up. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it goes back to the, what we talked about, about educating in, 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 a, in a public relations effort. You know, you're talking about big, powerful corporations, you know, um, that we have to fight against that have resources beyond organized labor and the trial lures, and we have to be aligned, but those two groups have to be aligned as possible. We have the better narrative. We have the better story to tell. The problem is that, really, we ought to have a civics course in high school about vocations, about what a collective bargaining agreement is, about the history of the labor movement, NLRB, to understand so that people have a working knowledge as to making an informed choice. When you have... Unions and organized labor being demonized constantly in the press, constantly, even with a very progressive press, they're constantly demonized. It's very, very difficult then to organize and overcome what is already a presumption that, no, I, can't, I shouldn't be joining a union. So we really have to start thinking about a little bit more about the PR aspect of it. You know, poly hockey proudly supports labor. Well, what does that mean? We need to be able to say, why do we proudly support labor? Not only because it's, it's in our best interest to do that as an organization, but why do we do that? Why do we think that's important for our country to be able to have a vibrant labor movement? We understand that wages have stagnated. Pensions don't exist. Benefits don't exist. And you know what? They used to exist in more in the 80s, 70s, 60s, and the 50s. Why? One reason. One reason, organized labor, to collectively bargain and sit down with a more powerful opponent. I'm not sitting down with you by myself. I'm organized collectively with the other employees, my men and women that work side by side with me. So now I can equally bargain with that employer. Well, it's interesting. You said uh, the PR battle. We've talked about this a hundred times. Krause and I have all elaborated many times. Were terms like right to work and paycheck protection. That's the PR, that's it, Joe. That's right, the PR. That, that's Madison Avenue that they're having the PR fight. Well, now, I, and, I give him credit, though. They come up with something like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like, like, Daddy can't work here. That was the mm-hmm. prevailing wage one. And it's all. And I agree with Sam, though. 
you know, what did we ever do? We, we When a guy retires in Local 19, he retires with a pension and is medical for life. He's not a burden on the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, Social Security's not enough. So we gave somebody, we give somebody, a guy works all his life, 30, 40 years, he works hard, and he retires with dignity. And that's what we created. And that's, and we're the, and we're the devil. Well, I, I, and and, I and mark- they give hope to the next generation. And then they give hope to the next generation. They have the ability to have good families with, you know, hopefully buying a piece of property, hopefully being able to take a vacation once in a while, and then saying, hey, if you don't want to go into the vocation, if you don't want to go to the trade, you want to get an education, we can have it. Get a job. All these values that come out of that because you have dignity as a human being and you still live the American dream. And we have to have that whole, that whole, that whole concept come back in, into our existence. And it, it's best for everybody. It's, best, it's even good for the corporate guys. You know, it's funny. You're saying, when I grew up, the, one, the wife stood at home and took care of the kids. Now you need both people to work. And they still can't make it. You know? But they, even on top of all that, some of the simplest things, the eight-hour day. You know, child oh. child work uh, work uh, laws. You know, well, all that stuff. Well, and, Vacations, and it's like, weekends, and and, and uh, safety, safety, yeah. safe, safety, no, huge, safety. Huge. I, I mean, you know, I mean. By the way, I mean, our building trades are amongst the you know the, the biggest pioneers in in that movement. But one of the things I like to say and 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 make it clear as much as possible about that PR battle. Um, who in the right mind? Who in the right mind? Walking the street right now would not be for right to work. It sounds like something mm. is. Well, I want the right to work. Why wouldn't I have the right and, and paycheck protection? Play on words. That's it, like Sam. And by the way, you you said this a hundred times, and I say it on on a lot of it. That's the PR battle. That's deception. We're being deceived at the point of you know like the, the discussion. In in most right to work states, wages are. Historically, twenty to twenty-five percent lower than non-right to work, and it's right to work for less. Just in case you're listening, that's right to work for less. Right. I'm getting it. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's one of the important things. We we have to get that PR battle back. But, but Sam had it too. There's, why don't we have any education in our school systems about this? And I understand. I don't know if you guys heard this. They're going to rewrite some of the history books now too, yeah. because of all this stuff that's going yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is. But they're not going to. Labor was part of history. It was a big part of history. Well, it's workers' rights. I mean, you know, Brian, you talk about the eight-hour workday, child labor laws, mm-hmm. and 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 everything we have today. And ironically, um, the media constantly. Uh, you know, bashing bashing us, um, but of course we're there for them. Trust me, they're you know, some, you know, you you have a lot of individuals that have collective bargaining agreements that are writers, and um, you know they don't you know ever look at at what got them the rights that they have. Yeah, a lot and, of people don't look at that. Who set the plateau? You know, their wages, the e- equality, Brian. Brian, you know that's that's from the labor unions, or that's from unions in general. I'm sorry. Right. No, but no, but the point is equality itself, sexual mm-hmm. harassment, um, all those things. You get injured on the job, equal okay? Pay, equal pay. A, a non-union. My dad used to say this to me, um, working on a non-union job. They're fired when they hit the ground if they fall. And so, now the gentleman at this table right here, right now, uh, you know, if, if one of the individuals in our labor 
community get injured or if if there's a sexual harassment situation or if there's a discrimination we have representation that's how come i know out and out at amazon mm-hmm. that is re- who in the right mind would would go with that treatment and representation gives you what a voice oh it gives you a voice that's a collect exactly what it does a collective voice i mean which it's we are we are with people need we're, we're equal pay Everybody has the same rights around here. Nobody's treated different. And you're right. We have harassment policies and all that stuff here. We treat people. Nobody, if we, nobody's treated any different no matter where you're from, how you got here. You know, your color, your religion, your creed. Equal pay across the board. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to pay some bills. We'll have more from the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. Today's program has been pre-recorded. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause. Uh, I'm Jay Dock. I'm in the driver's seat for Krause tonight. Uh, we're here at uh, Sheep Battle Workers Local 19. Great conversation. Co-host Sam Pond. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute. You mean to tell me that you've taken Joe Krause's spot yeah, and well, I've taken your spot? Yeah. You're the oh. new, hold on, hold on. Oh. You're the new Jay Doc. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. I don't hey. know if I can talk that much. Hold on. But <laughs> I, I, hold on. I'm the new Sam Pond. It's now Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano, and Doherty. Woo! I love it. I, I like that corner. I want that corner. You got uh, it. Office. You got it. So, guys, let's talk it's, about it's, it. It's, got a, it's all rubber walls now. <laughs> Padded rubber walls. Gonna need it. Um, so, by the way, when I'm whenever I'm up in Sam, office I worked on that building commerce yeah. so the view yeah. is familiar yeah that, you know it, it, it reminds you worked it, on a lot of buildings but I don't, I've never seen your work <laughs> oh come on the, my work is, is is still standing yeah. come on they burned all the pictures all, all right guys all right we're crying out loud. all right so let's talk about the election um obviously organized labor you know we have we have an election coming up primary um lots going on you guys are as passionate about, um, you know, getting involved in our political process as our, you know, our, our labor community and, and your members. Uh, but this is an important election in spite of the fact that, you know, we may not be, it's not the presidential election. There's still a lot on the line. Gar, talk about it. I've been a resident of this city now for 56 years, Joe, and I've seen a lot of ups and downs in this city, but this is the worst I've ever seen it. I mean, we're at record deaths. You know, record people getting shot. I, we got police officers afraid to do their jobs. I mean, you know, police are here to protect and serve. We, we, we're making them the, the criminals. We're making them the enemy. The criminals are running rampant around here. It's a, it's not a good... I mean, they, they looted this city last summer. My other thing is they let all them looters go now. They're not prosecuting one of them looters. It's a disgrace. Them people lost their businesses, their livelihoods. They, were, they beat up a poor elderly couple on Aramingo Avenue were trying to protect their store. They jumped them. They were in their 70s and beat them. Nobody ever came and got nobody's ever came and paid the price or answered for that crime. I'm disappointed with Chris. And it's Honestly. not even just to jump in there. It's not even that the police are afraid. They're not getting any protection. You know, they don't have anyone backing them for them to get out there and to do their jobs. Well, the police have been attacked in certain districts. We we know that they their, their their clubs have been taken, their guns have been taken. All they have was shields. And I've talked, spoken to a number of them that actually fought 
and were wounded in uh, Afghanistan and I in Iraq, uh, two different police officers, and they said that they were more afraid in that situation where they had no way to defend themselves against an unruly mob throwing bricks at them, etc., and were armed than they were when they actually fought in the Middle East. Uh, we have got to get, we can't have anarchy here. We can't allow the law to be broken. We cannot allow people to steal. We cannot allow people to burn. That's called arson. That's called theft. We can go back to basics, and we talked about this on the break. We're not talking about something relative here. We're talking about stealing. Thou shalt not steal. We're talking about lying and dishonesty. We're talking about, we're talking about murder. You know, we talk about the threat of COVID-19, and we've done a good job of fighting back. And let's, let's, let's be mindful of that. Let's, let's start saying we're winning. Let's not be defeatist in regard to what we've done. In a Manhattan-type project with this vaccination, let me, go back to, let, me, let, me, let me get back to my point, though. We, we really got to get back to understanding that there's certain values that cannot be violated. Um, and we have to start abiding by the law and teaching people values. We talk about COVID-19 and, and how that was really uh, causing death and making a lot of folks sick. Well, guess what? I think as of today, if you're under 70, you have a greater chance of being shot in Philadelphia than dying of COVID-19. Okay. So, and we're not talking about people that are dying that are, and, and no one should die, but people that are in nursing homes. Or that. We're talking about young folks that are dying. We have people in neighborhoods. I have employees that have been assaulted. They knew the cops weren't there. The cops were, were, were not coming during this whole nonsense. We cannot allow our citizens not to be safe because some sort of philosophical idea that has no reality to the reality of what's happening in our neighborhoods. And we have to get back and we have to have our voices heard. One of the problems that we've had, gentlemen, during this whole last year, and it's not necessarily connected to the pandemic, it's, it's connected to some sort of movement. We haven't had our voices heard about common sense. We have to start pushing back. We have to start dissenting against nonsensical ideas that make no sense that hurt people. Let's all have the courage to stand up and have our voices heard about what we think might be better policy. That pol- we can't have pol- One of the basic things in medicine is when you do something, there's that basic idea, do no harm. And it's also in regard to when we run our locals or our practices or represent our clients. Do no harm. Help them, but mum, mum, you really have to be mindful of not hurting them, okay? So when we have policies that are hurting people and harming people, let's keep your ego out of the way. Let's do the right thing, and let's serve. Our public servants are there to serve the citizens, not their own ideology. You know what's discouraging, too, Sam, is how, like I said, I've been here 56 years, born and raised, never leaving. How city council made this such a political football. And I'm disappointed in the members of city council. And how quick they were to turn on the police, the city of this field, to turn on the Philadelphia Police Department, because it was more politically correct to be to blame the police than that for them to take the responsibility that they were elected 
to serve the residents of this city and come up with policies that make sense. And there goes Profiles. That's exactly right, Gary. There goes Profiles in Courage, JFK Road. Profiles in Courage as a public servant. Go against the grain. You may not be a popular, but you know you're doing what's best for the citizens. We have people, you talk about Aramingo Avenue, and I'm aware of people being drug out of their house. And I know a number of business owners at on Westmoreland and Aramingo. And they had to defend themselves. And they called off-duty police officers, called districts, and they said, we are not allowed to send the police in there. One city councilman did show up. Alan Dom came in and was driving around there saying, there's nothing I can do. We took, we took the, the, the things that are necessarily needed to have civil control and not have unrest. We're not, this is, this is nonsense. All right, so Brian, we're, we're talking about, you know, there's a lot on the line on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you guys are active, um, you know, labor to neighbor, talk about all that stuff. Yeah, Local 19 is very active, along with the other building trades, uh, unions and all. But one thing with Local 19, you know, we've had probably over 100 apprentices out every Saturday for the past month, month and a half. You know, out there door knocking, you know, just uh, doing door hangers, whatever. You know, whatever we could possibly do, uh, you know, we even go to the next step where, you know, we're making, uh, doing phone banks and everything else. We haven't gotten to that point. Uh, but, you know, we know the importance to get uh, to get our friends in there. Ones that will, you know, friends of labor, but also friends that will actually do the right thing, like we're talking about, for the, uh, you know, the uh, Philadelphians and, uh, and the police force and, and everybody else. Garrett, talk you know, obviously the DA's race is the, is the primary race. That's what's drawing all the attention. Uh, but also the, the judicial candidates. Um, you guys get involved at every level. Um, and certainly, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. I mean, that's, the, you know, that's yeah, the process. Well, Vega's been the primary, for primary and primarily we've been doing a lot with Vega. We've probably had 100 kids out there every week for Vega. We are supporting some judges. Uh, uh, that were uh, endorsed by the Democratic Party, along with Maria McLaughlin, who's running for Supreme Court. And there's a lot of judges. I mean, Craig Levin, uh, Wendy Barish, uh, just to think, just to name a few. I mean, uh, if I know you were going to answer that question, I wouldn't have their names in front of me. No, but, that's all right. But you can drive by Local 19. And yeah, I was going to say. Banners. We have a banner of everybody on our front fence that we're endorsing. How do yeah, we- and I, but I think I think it's it's important, and, and I did see all the banners coming in. I think it's important, and you know, it, it's the uh, local nineteen and and other building trade locals are always involved in the judicial campaigns. And I think we we go back to the to the show that I used to run with the Joes in regard to our legal show about folks educating themselves again, Garrett. We get back to the educational theme about folks educating themselves about the process. You know, we have three branches of government. We, you know, we have the executive branch, and we can have it on the city level. We can talk about, you know, Mayor Kenny, and we have then we have the the legislative branch, which is the representation branch, the city council, and then we have the judiciary. And these three separate powers all need to be. We all need to be mindful of this, and people really have to not overlook the judiciary, the judicial campaigns that are out there, uh, especially in Pennsylvania, uh, and you know. There's, there's a lot of really qualified folks, and they ought to know the, about it. Everyone has to get more civically involved, not only, not only leaders, but and you're rank and file because you guys have that trickle down. But everyone has to have that involvement as a citizen to understand what's going on, not only just to vote, but educate yourself about what's going on. 
Well, it, the thing is, you talk about the members because being a union member is synonymous uh, with, with um, the process. Uh, talk about that in regards to apprentices and how people learn. You know, you weren't born on third base. We didn't get here, and there's a process. A, how important is it for people to be involved in the, in the political process, uh, especially in, in tandem with their union, and how do you guys go about it? Well, listen, from the moment they get into the apprenticeship, Brian and a few of the other guys will meet with the apprentices for the first 12 months. They'll meet with them for an hour a month, right before the union meeting. They meet with all the new apprentices. And we preach what we do here. You know, we just, you're going to get a great education. We're going to give you a career. We're going to give you a livelihood. But we got it. We got it. It takes a lot to do what we do. And we got to keep our friends in office. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt. You know, there's people that are out here that want to create laws like right to work. Absolutely. And they want to talk about, they're even they're even getting as far as into our, into our, how we do our power funds and our political contributions. They want to take everything we, they want to demoralize us and take everything we got. We fight back by keeping the people we have in office. And that's our apprentices. From the moment they get in, they got to do 12 Saturdays a year. It's mandatory for four years. They got to do six for the primary and six for the general election. And we have 350 apprentices in Philly, so that's a lot of kids on the street. And then in Central Pennsylvania, we have a training center, and we have about 100 apprentices up there, and they go out every Saturday the same way. Brian, tell me what that conversation's like when you're talking to the, to well, the young apprentices. Listen, when they first get in, you know, like Gary said, or like you said earlier, you're not born on third base. You right. know, there, there is a process. And, you know, everything that we do have here, you know, we explain to them, you know, is negotiated. It comes from the membership floor. It's brought to the table with the contractors. But in order to have those types of jobs out there, you have to have proper laws and legislation. So you need your political friends in office that are going to actually help you get that stuff there. Well, you you look at the Janus, you you look at the Janus case from years ago when Trump got in, okay? A lot of our members crossed crossed party lines, okay? And we paid for it immediately, like immediately. And so when you're, when we've talked about the civics lesson, Sam, and, and knowing what, who you're voting for, what they do, you're, when you're voting for president, you're voting for the Supreme Court, and that's where the collective bargaining and all of our rights are in the balance. And we're always issue-based, you know? We're not party-based, yeah. we're issue-based. Exactly. I, I, think that, I think that's very important, though, what Brian just said, because yep. it's issue-based. We're, this is a bipartisan organization. Mm-hmm. If, if no matter what your party is, as far as a candidate, if you're willing to listen and be mindful of our issues, then you might have our support. And Sam, we support as much Republicans as we do Democrats. We do. Because you're, because of issue, it's issue driven. And I and I had on support of the trial lawyers. I had dinner Monday night with five Republicans that are very open minded about our issues. They may not go, but the, you know, the least they're going to listen to our issues, which is is what we all we ask for. Well, <laughs> the mechanical trades is doing a benefit in Harrisburg. I think it's May twenty fifth. Where we're inviting all Republicans who support labor. We did it last time. We had 25 Republicans show up from the Senate and the House. So they're out there. They support us. And we're, and you know, listen. Sometimes I'm not. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'm registered Democrat, but I am. I'm open-minded, issue-driven. Absolutely. We're not a political party. We support those who support us. Correct. We're going to have more from the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IATSE Local 8, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. Today's program has been pre-recorded. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, fantastic show here with Gary Messina, the business manager of Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and Brian Bush, assistant business manager, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and, of course, our co-host, Sam Pond. Um, I want to talk about retirees. Uh, you know, the American dream, as we've been talking about, is being able to make a, a, a living for your family uh, to lead a, a, a middle-class life and to be able to provide. Uh, but then, of course, one of the great things about labor unions is the opportunity to retire with dignity. Um, one of the things that, that we're doing with Philly Labor and uh, Pond La Hockey is, is, uh, is a major uh, part of that is a retirees uh, benefits program um, where uh, so many we've, – we've done um, – We've done presentations at Local 19 and with the retirees. And if you want to go into a room where there's no filter, <laughs> go to a retirees. <laughs> go to a retirees meeting. Um, same with same with 401. Um, but one of the things that we talk about is uh, I, I had to get Jerry off the hook one time. To, Sam, you couldn't make it. We were at Local 19, and he said a joke, and I don't think they got it right. And I went, he means that in a good way, right? Um, but the guys are. Awesome. But we talk about one of the things we talk about is Social Security disability. And Gary, you would mention to me when we came in here that a number of your members, obviously, and you, you um, have been helped by, by uh, Palma Hockey in that area. And uh, we have seen the looks on members' faces when they retire, and, they, and a lot of them can't stand up forward. Uh, we used to have a saying, ironworkers, there's uh, old ironworkers and bold ironworkers. There's no old, bold ironworkers, right? Everybody's bent over. Um, but there are benefits that people leave off the table every day that can cost them in Social Security disability up to $2,900 a month um, in their package. And our initiative is to make sure that never happens because they, a lot of them are deserving of it and they are not catastrophically injured, but they can't do the work that they did for years. So in their package, they are entitled to what they've paid for. Sam, would you elaborate on that? Well, I think this goes back to, um, you know, what we talked about in regard to a civics course. And maybe in your senior year of high school, you should be term, you should be told, you're going to get a paycheck now and you know, 6.2% of that's going to be a FICA tax. And what is that? Because that's a significant amount of money coming out of every citizen's paycheck. And where's it go? And as we know, if we asked 100 people on the street, almost guaranteed 99% at 99 out of 100 would not know where that 6.2% goes. So think about that. Our citizens don't know where 6.2% of their check is going in that FICA. It's going to the Social Security Administration in their name, under their social security number, which is a citizens funded with your employer, those two fund a social program, basically an insurance program, that provides you three things. So for that 6.2%, you're buying, most citizens know, a retirement plan called Social Security Retirement that you can get at 62 or your retirement age at 66 and a half or 67, depending on your date of birth, or at 70 if you defer it. Second thing you're buying is a medical program called Medicare, that becomes the primary program for payment of your medical bills, even if you're a union member. And third, 1.6 of that went to a disability plan. So basically, you bought a disability policy through your own premium deduction out of your check that was put in trust, every citizen's a trust fund baby, 
All of us at this table are trust fund babies because we funded with our employer our own trust in the Social Security Administration. That money is held under the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Now, that little 10-minute course that you guys do, you teach your folks, should be taught to every citizen. Should be taught to every citizen. So when someone's thinking about retiring, if, especially if they're a member of any local, at 56 or 55 or 58, most of them are going to be eligible for Social Security Disability. And they ought to really look at that as a checklist as to whether or not, holistically speaking, in regard to my retirement, my savings, do I want to keep on working, do I not want to keep on working, should I apply for Social Security Disability, and avoid early penalty at 68, become Medicare eligible after two years, and then get my full retirement. That's a game changer. That's a difference maker in people's lives. And it's something that they earn, and it's their money. Yeah. There's so many people that we've we've done um, presentations, and so many of our of our labor union members, the looks on their face after they're out five years and realize that they left it on the tables is is a problem. Um, we got a couple minutes left, two minutes actually. Garrett, if you would, um, you know, little little uh, words of wisdom. We got an election coming up. We need to get the vote out. All I can say is this: this Philadelphia is at a very dangerous time and we need everybody to get out and vote and vote for the right reasons you vote for you know my kids should be able to walk to school and be safe my father should be able you know at 85 years old when he was he passed away should be able to walk to the corner store and not be robbed we're, we're at this you said we could become a detroit if we're not careful here that's the way i see it and i'm, I'm just calling it the way i see it just get out there and vote vote as many times as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Bush? Yeah, just to add to that, you know, because we cover New Jersey as well, you know, listen, uh, for any incumbent that's running for governor, because Governor Murphy's up this year, and listen, it's a touchy subject because a lot of our members are having problems with unemployment and stuff like that, but there's only so much that certain individuals can do. I'm not making excuses for them, but listen, they are trying and they are they are looking for all of our, you know, all of us and all of our members, you know, uh, looking out for every single one of us. So we just got to make sure that we get out and we vote for our friends of labor because being an incumbent coming through this pandemic, they weren't able to, you know, they did a pretty good job, you know, getting us through it, helping us, you know. Uh, lessen the lessen that curve and everything else with the pandemic being here, uh, but they need to they need to make sure they get out there and push for our political friends. Absolutely, Sam Pond. Words of wisdom before we no. I, I just echo what what, uh, what Brian and, and Gary said and get out there. It's very important, and we really have to take our city back. Though we have to take our city back, our safety of our citizens is at stake, and the vibrance of our of our uh, cities at stake. And we really have to step up and and, and vote. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause. Uh, I want to thank Gary Messina, Business Manager, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. I'll thank Brian Bush, Assistant Business Manager, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. And, of course, my co-host, Sam Pond. Fantastic job. I could get used to this. And, of course, with Joe Krause. Speak for yourself. And, 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 well, see what I'm talking about? <laughs> and uh, Jacob Media for making it all happen. I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, to the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause on Talk Radio 12. WPHT. Take care, Joe. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening.
portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.